Welcome to the B-Side Podcast, dedicated to sharing flip side stories in country music, concerts, and travel. Your hosts, Stacy and Andy Best, take you behind the scenes to meet the amazing team that supports your current favorite country artists and introduce you to new up-and-coming artists. You'll meet a cast of incredible friends Stacy and Andy have encountered during their adventures following the music, and you'll be entertained with their extraordinary backstories. We're glad you're here and hope you enjoy this episode of the B-Side Podcast. Welcome to the B-Side Podcast. Today, we're here with my friend, Scott Vitale. He's the owner of Rain Productions and promoter for Country Boots and Bands. It's a country music series that brings nationally recognized artists to Jackson, Michigan. Thank you, Scott, so much for joining Ooh, us today. Welcome to the B-Side. <laughs> I'm waiting for the audience somewhere to be like. <laughs> They're out there. Or, or booing me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there we go. There you go. There you go. All right. Yeah, now I feel like, a, you know. Now we're talking. Stacy, it would bring me back to 1990, coming out of the gym locker room for basketball to what was it like tag team back again? Like, I don't know what it was or, or vanilla ice or somebody, I don't know who it was, but it was, it was a long time ago. I don't know how the hell I remember that stuff, but I love it. I love it. Well, let's talk about that first. So Scott and I know each other from, I, I was trying to think about exactly when we met. I do you even remember? I mean, I was gonna say we went to high school together, but actually, yeah. we know we grew up together for more years than just high school. I believe it was third grade. I was actually thinking about this the other day. I think it was third grade when we like I think like when we kind of our lives kind of intertwined, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think we knew of each other, but I don't think we revel ever really had any interaction and then I think third grade is at least from you know my shitty memory yes and I mean thinking back to those years I mean we we went, grew up in this you know small little town uh, yeah. went to public school graduated with under 100 kids 99 kids okay yeah, 99 you kids. yeah. I graduated 74 and we actually, you know, over the years, we're in the same friend group. Scott played yeah. sports. I was a cheerleader. And in fact, your mom, I think in seventh grade, was my was cheerleading coach. Yeah. yeah. She yeah. was. Good times. Yeah. yeah, good old days when she used to make us give her kisses and hugs in front of all the seniors and juniors <laughs> at high school too and we were like no like get away like I'm trying to impress the high school girls and obviously now you know looking back I wasn't impressing anybody at that time so <laughs> so it's all good and you do it now to your daughter I'm sure yeah well yeah I try I try she's getting smart too though so it's, it's that's, right. that's not, not working longer. as much as it used to right they pick it up quick <laughs> they do yeah. So yeah, long time ago, Napoleon High School. That's right. The Napoleon Southern community. Southern Michigan for those out there who yeah don't know where. Don't bring up the mitt. Don't bring up the mitt. Don't oh. do the hand. Oh. Don't do the hand. Scott. Okay. So I have <laughs> friend, uh, one particular friend who lives in Tampa. We met her through concerts, and she gets super irritated the whole time we were in Nashville together for my birthday last month. 
you know, we meet people from Michigan or I talk about where right. I'm from. We do it. We all, I don't know anyone from yeah. Michigan who doesn't do that. And she thinks it's so weird. And, and she said, other people don't hold up like Ohio sideways right. with their palm size. Right. And I'm like, I, it's just, it's just a thing. Uh, and for people who well, don't it was do worse. That, it was worse weird. than that because she didn't understand the myth. So you really, I think we even brought up a picture of Michigan on the phone. Like, this is why it's a myth. Mm -hmm. Right. And she, it finally clicked. Anyway. Well, funny story, <clears throat> you know, considering we're talking about rain productions that I just got done with a uh, sold out uh, comedy show at the Michigan theater with Drew Lynch. He was the season 10 winner of America's or runner up of America's got talent. So he had come out and of course, most of the artists and stuff will always ask the promoter or somebody that's connected with the state or the area. Like what's your cool stuff. Right. Like, like Preston from Low Cash that we had last year, he had asked me, what's Michigan's biggest rival? Of course, you know, Ohio State. So in the middle of like some talking in between some songs, he blasted out, you know, and, you know, they just they play off that. So getting to my point, Drew Lynch had was like, you know, Michigan, he was doing this. Right. So he started doing the Beyonce thing, like <laughs> put a ring on it, you know, whatever. You know. <laughs> But he said, he goes, I'm from Florida. And you know how I show my map? And he kind of like went, you know, like because of that. <laughs> so it was like. Yes, that is you know? perfect. So it was just kind of funny. You know, Michigan does that. And he was just, you know, laughing about the fact that, you know, Florida looks like, you know. Like that. Yes. Like, well, like, now, I that image, uh, now I got that <laughs> image in my head. Well, we were, Florida. I had a Johnny Cash um, shirt on where he's you know giving the bird the and finger, i kept yeah. yeah so i kept saying when this is florida right um, so same thing same thing <laughs> well that's a good spinoff into you mentioned your company but can you take us back since we went down memory lane in high school and grade school of how did you really get into uh promotion uh event promotion i'm not even sure how you want to term it but i know that uh, when I first met you, you were actually started off running kids events, right? In terms of races and obstacle yes. courses. Yeah. Um, yeah. When we met Andy, I was, I think at that point in time, just starting the children's challenge, um, which is essentially the same thing as a Spartan race, Tough Mudder. It's, it's an obstacle course for kids. We, my, like we say we, my daughter and I had, you know, come up with that idea and created that huge event now based on the fact that we couldn't find anything for her to do in this area the closest trip was columbus so that was 2013 before that when i was in um, college i had organized some stuff i had created with a bunch of buddies of mine a fraternity up at fair state transferred to western they kept the fraternity going so I had this organizational, I guess, gift, you know, and did that, went to Western, graduated, started doing a little bit of club stuff. But then I don't know if Stacy, if you remember Kung Fu Diesel and Reverend yes. Right Time and the First Cousins of Funk back in the day when we were growing up, these were the bands that you went and saw. And, you know, these were, you know, those were different times. We didn't have phones. We didn't have, you know, live feeds. We didn't have Facebook. So it was putting up posters and going to Jackson college to the Jackson area career center to get people to come to parties and stuff out on Fishville road or whoever, and these concerts and these events. 
So that's kind of where it like got started. And I did some marketing and sold merch for, you know, Kung Fu Diesel and those guys did all that. And then it really kicked in with Brian Stewart, who's a PGA tour golfer from Jackson, Michigan. That's really the pivotal point where like the small, I guess, you know, little bars and shows and stuff, which is really easy when you really think about it. It's, it's not a lot of work because there's not a lot of production and there's not a lot of different moving parts. It's pretty easy, but that's when the business end of things really got kicked off and the sponsorships that needed to be gained and all the, the things that people don't see that get done to put somebody out on that tour. Right. And that was like my first huge, like I would consider national style promotion. That was going to businesses, having these meetings, having these uh, corporate entities that I saw were really interested in investing in things that they believed in. So that kicked it off. Of course, went out, caddied, make the long story short, hopefully. My daughter was born in 2008. I started caddying for Brian in 2006. So I left carrying a golf bag and went to carrying a diaper bag. So everything kind of obviously went on hold because that's obviously that was my first priority and my only priority at that point in time. And then when 2013 came around, I couldn't find anything for her to do. She was four at the time. And I thought, man, let's just create our own event. And then next thing I know, here we are, you know, 10 years later, had 2000 kids our last three years, every single year had raised close to $100,000 for local charities. and that. That moment with Brian and getting that confidence with these corporate entities, whether it's Alroll Steel or Callaway Golf or Nike or whoever that we were talking to, that really led and spearheaded the organization to kick off the Children's Challenge. And then when that took off, because of, I believe, and, and this is not me being arrogant, this is just me being confident, the organizational skill that I've been for whatever reason in my life been given, right? I just, I'm a detail oriented guy with even timelines of even my meetings. I have timelines that people are like, what? My crew is like, holy crap. But that, (laughs) that children's challenge was really the fuel to the match that Brian Stewart was when I started that. And that kicked it off. Of course, you know, 2020 hits. Well, I go back. So in 2019, we were at like 2,200 kids at the challenge, right? And I was sitting there thinking, sorry, 2018. And I was sitting there thinking, man, I get so tired of driving to Detroit. I get so tired of driving to Mount Pleasant to go see concerts, to go see any artists, because Jackson is not a primary city. You know, it's Grand Rapids and it's Detroit. Yep. So if you really want to go see any artists other than a casino, you got to go to Detroit, you know, Pine Knob, Little Caesars Arena, you know, those kinds of places. And I was like, why can't we do something here that we could bring in some good national talent? It doesn't, it's not going to be Luke Combs, right? Let's just be honest. I mean, the, that's, it's just not us yet. <laughs> but that, that demand fueled another fire in me to try to figure out how to bring entertainment to Jackson. Because 
we're right in the middle of the state. I mean, we're directly west of Ann Arbor and Detroit. We're directly east of Kalamazoo and Battle Creek. We're a great stopping point from Detroit to Chicago. We're a great stopping point from Cleveland to Wisconsin. So, you know, it's another avenue that I guess really wanted to challenge myself with and doing the children's challenge, organizing that, having the layout and having that be as successful as it is kind of spearheaded the other fuel, which was the entertainment end of it. Because let's be honest, I mean, it's really entertaining 2000 kids in a day, right? So if I can entertain 2000 kids and then keep in mind, that's 2000 kids, that's another 2000 or 4,000 parents or more. So looking at it logistically, I said, this is a need. This is something that needs to be filled in Jackson. And so that's when Country Boots and Bands kind of got created. And we held a festival in 2019. It was successful from the organizational end. It wasn't successful from the attendance end. But the great thing is that I had a lot of hiccups, a lot of bumps and bruises. And those things that occurred that I did wrong. And I will tell everybody out there and I did a lot of things wrong in that year in regards to artists and promoting and marketing and how to market. Okay. And that was, it was, like I said, it was a success. It just wasn't a success from the attendance standpoint. That kind of, that was a very big learning curve for me, but taking all that information retooling, readjusting um, with my team was really fun to look at now um, because you look at 2019 and go, how the heck did we survive? And then, you know, 2020 COVID hits. So like you couldn't really rebound like you wanted. I was going to go back a little bit is sound like music was kind of a passion when you're coming out of college because obviously yeah, uh, you did some work in the music industry, then went to caddy and golf, and kind of blended the sports entertainment together. But did you ever envision yeah. yourself maybe going down more of the sports route? Obviously, you did a lot of stuff with your daughter and, and running the kids event. But and I did. Was yes. music in that like you're like, no, I really want to be in that entertainment. It and it's funny you say that because caddying out on tour, you get to see a lot of cities, you get to see a lot of organizational logistics, right? I'm. I'm caddying, but I'm not swinging the club. I don't have to think about whether or not, I, you know, the wind is left or right. I just tell them, right? (laughs) This is is what it is. And you got to, you got to execute. But I would sit and watch like the caddy, you know, like the Wednesday night, the pro-ams and just the organization stuff has always been intriguing to me. I don't know why. It's just, I go to a Red Wings game. Like I watch the organization of how they time things, whether it's, the the music that gets played in between the little breaks or the the stuff that they do in between in the intermissions like it's just something that I look at and then I'm looking at lights and I'm looking at you know because now I know what what the movers are and the the boards are like it's just yeah I, I never envisioned myself in the music industry I really envisioned myself more in the sport industry because I've always been an athlete right. um, mm-hmm. and I played baseball at Ferris and it just that that was my thing right but yeah the transition happened and it's i'm where i'm supposed to be i could have been and i thought about going to law school to be a sports agent and do all that a friend of mine was a sports agent for magic johnson and he was kind of guiding me on stuff and i'd go on trips with him to 
I mean, I've met Dominique Wilkins and all these people through him because he was their agent. But it wasn't like something that ever just, it just never came to fruition because I was, I don't know, I just wasn't in the right mindset to commit to that 100%. And so, like I said, I'm where I'm at now, either because of my own demise (laughs) (laughs) you know things happen for a reason scott you know right right. you know so yeah it's 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 an interesting shift but it's been a really crazy and fun ride to be where i'm at now i think you put the i think you hit the nail around head when you when you're in operations you either love it or you hate it right and i think it's just you have to be wired that way yeah and because to me uh, I have very little operational experience in my mm. days when I was in Philly. I did some sports operational stuff from, you know, making sure parking's correct, make sure the gates yeah. open, make, you know, just, and that can stress the heck out of you, right? When yeah. things go bad, you know, you're always working about worst case scenarios and there's right. just a lot of moving parts that you are responsible for. So I think it definitely takes, and to your point, that's just something you just love to do because if you're not, you might die young. (laughs) Right. Well, uh, an operations brain, an operations brain never stops. You know, I'm in operations also, and it is a blessing and a curse. (laughs) Wouldn't you say a little bit? Right. Because you're always thinking about every little detail and um, troubleshooting in advance and thinking about five years ago, what you could have done different in that one situation. Right. Uh, Looking back, just knowing you when we were teenagers, Scott, like you had these characteristics, you know, and we're honing them all along. It makes, you know, what you're doing now just makes perfect sense for you. And it's such, such a great fit. And I wanted to ask you, so you really were starting to get country boots and bands up and running and get some shows under your belt and then 2020 hit so were you able to kind of use that time and do some additional planning or set some wheels in motion yeah why you had that downtime it it was it was you know like you had said a you know the organizational bug whatever you want to call it the itch is a blessing and a you know and the curse having what has happened, you know, over the last two years was a curse. But for me, it was a blessing because it's allowed me to have more opportunities that I probably wouldn't have had if unfortunately COVID hadn't hit. I wouldn't have had some of the opportunities like to grab Mitchell Tenpen um, because he didn't have any place to play. You know, none of them did in 2020. And if they did, everything was, you know, we were all separated. You couldn't be near, you couldn't do anything. And I remember having the conversation with him about, we were his seventh show of 2020 in October. And he did like seven of them from like September, Labor Day to like October, because some of the numbers had finally dropped. Right. But you know, it's, it's just, it was a time for me to reflect it was a time for me to gear up it was a time for me to take a look at what the ultimate goal was i think i went into 2019 and throwing this festival two stages 13 bands like all this chaos and i think i probably didn't think it through enough 
and having this time from September of 2019 to the point where we hit in March of 2020, ironically enough, I think next week is like the three-year anniversary. And that really allowed me, I mean, I was really pissed because we had low cash coming on March 20th or March 13th of 2020. And that was like at 800 and some odd tickets. We were, you know, darn near sold out. And I was like, yes, we're back. Like, this is the kickstart to our series. And we're going to just, we're going to go, go, go. Right. And then the world stopped, but it gave me more time to organize. It gave me more time to study. It gave me more time to think about what options were the best options to build instead of just, you know, coming out of the gate and then being completely at loss because you get overwhelmed. It gave me as well as my team an opportunity to kind of sit down and, and plot out a little easier what our ultimate goal was. And, you know, it has been pretty darn successful since, you know, October of 2020, we've had what four, four of our five shows have sold out and we've got two more that are on their way to selling out. Like it's just crazy. But I, I got to say this too. I think also we were talking about this the other day on a, um, on a radio station. There seems to be a lot of people who are just now finally saying I can get back out. They've, they've hunkered down. They've done what they need to do. There's responsible people out there. There's people that go to concerts, you know, it's everybody's own personal choice. And I think there was a lot of people who were still kind of in the dark. I think there was a lot of people that were like, I'd love to go, but I'm just not ready yet. And I think starting at the beginning of this year, for whatever reason, it just feels different. I think people now are starting to go, you know what? I'm either one tired of it. Right. Yeah. Or two, I'm, I'm safe enough now. I've got my shots. I've got my boosters, whatever it is that they feel. And the, and it, the funny conversation was it's a revenge. Um, uh, what, how do they put it? It's a revenge buy there. <laughs> a lot of people are out there, you know, yeah. they are, they're out there going to concerts that maybe they normally wouldn't go to. Or well, Stacey hasn't show. stopped just so you know. Well, right, 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 right. <laughs> You know, but there are people who I think now are like, you know what? I've missed so much crap for two years. Now I'm going at it. And I think Mm -hmm. they're just, that's what, I mean, Morgan Wallen sells out 52 tour dates all the way through the entire year. Yeah. That's unheard of. I mean, Garth Brooks, you know, sells out, but he doesn't sell out stadiums 10, nine months in advance. It's just, it's just crazy. But you know, yeah, it was a it was a really good time for me to to rethink and to figure out like what our market was too. I mean, because there is you know there's different markets. I mean, we're not a faster horses. We're not a country thunder. We're not a country concert in Ohio. We're not those things. Um, we 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 don't want to be those things. We want to be your secondary city. You know, not the Detroit, not the Grand Rapids, but we want the national acts that'll come in here and play and have a good time, show them that Jackson is a hot spot for entertainment and then let them go to their bigger cities and do all the other stuff. It gives them that, it gives them that hometown feel 
but hopefully with a big city, you know, show. My first time, as I was talking to you guys before, was, you know, to going to Nashville was in January. And I was just amazed at how big the city is. But like being there, it wasn't like it was like we were back in Napoleon. <laughs> it was the small town feel in a big city. And I think when I was sitting there and watching Tyler play at the Opry, I was like, damn, this is our this is our niche. This is we're a small town. We're a secondary market, but we can make people feel like they're in a big city here. And people that come to our shows have said, holy crap, Scott, like we didn't realize the light show. We didn't realize all the you know, stuff. And that's been really cool for us, like I said, to have that time to plan that, to have that time to have all that like come to fruition. And yeah, like I said, COVID sucked, but COVID was also a blessing. I have to say something. I have so many thoughts and questions right now. This is amazing <laughs> information. But the first thing I wanted to ask you is have you ever considered that what you're doing could truly change the culture of Jackson Michigan because let's be honest you know there's it has <laughs> Jackson it has. has not been known I mean it's known for the state prison right it's not right. known for yep. a thriving metropolis of it's not like Nash Jackson or something R there's right. like really nothing exciting there it's a wonderful city don't get me wrong right. I grew up there. Come on. But, you know, there's, I feel like what you're doing, and I think you're going to tell me that you've already seen that, you know, it's happening, but I think what you're doing could really start to change how Jackson is viewed, how people who live in Jackson, you know, stay in town and maybe even open their eyes to even more opportunities. If you can make this happen, what other forms right. of entertainment can happen in Jackson? Right. And, and yeah, and you're right. I mean, Jackson's been known for two things, you know, having the biggest walled prison in the United States at one point in time <laughs> and the most golf courses like per capita, like we're number two, I think, in the nation behind like Myrtle Beach or something. I don't know yeah. that. Why am I not bringing my golf clubs when we go right. to your parents' house? You're gonna you're gonna have to bring them up. But yeah, I mean it. It it's been uh, you know country boots and bands has been a huge part of re the rebirth of Jackson. You know we the downtown Jackson has been completely redone. Uh, they redid the the streets. They redid all the sewer. Everything. Like the whole downtown is completely different than what it looked like ten years ago. Ten years ago, nobody wanted to go downtown. I didn't want to go downtown ten years ago. I'll be honest with you. And the mechanisms and the 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 fire got started in somebody, whoever it was. I don't know, but you know, kudos to them for getting that started. And we we were we were building things in Jackson, but there wasn't that entertainment stuff. Like, and if you're going to build things, like you should build the entire thing, you know. And nobody else was doing it. Like I said, the children's challenge. I couldn't find an event for my daughter to run and get muddy and have fun and just be crazy, you know, and get muddy. Like nobody was doing comedy. Nobody was doing music. Nobody. And if they were, it was, you know, and kudos to them. They were doing small, you know, the bar scene, which is fine. But I'm talking quality national big shows that you can go to and feel like you're in a big city and get that feel, but yet be right in your backyard, you know, and be home in, you know, 10, 15 minutes, mm -hmm. not two hours. That's kind of thing. right. 
And that's where like folks, sponsors that I've had been lucky enough to have, you know, come on board have said, Scott, do you realize the, what you're doing to this community? Like you've brought in comedy, you've brought in country, you're looking at rock. We're looking at some cultural stuff. Um, we're looking at like, you know, some classic, like four tops, you know, something like that, that we can bring in that hits different markets because we know that Jackson's not just country. And, and yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's retraining the thought process of this community to say, Oh, maybe I should, maybe I should go give that a shot, you know? And if they don't, that's fine too. You know, if they want to drive to Pine Knob and pay $185 a ticket, cool with me, you know, that's, that's their prerogative. Um, but we are changing the, the, the mindset here in this community. So. That's awesome. I mean, the economic impact and how you're affecting the community is, is often, I kind of want to go backwards a little bit. Uh, Cause I had a question, but that was fantastic information is um, you talk about the mistakes you made early on. And I think that's probably true with anything. You just kind of dive head force and really take on a new challenge and really a new business. Uh, right. Yeah. What were some of those early mistakes you made that you learned from? Oh, we don't have enough time. I <laughs> <laughs> get plus three. <laughs> um, one, I, I put my investment in, I'll, and I'll just, I put my investment in some people who didn't turn out to be who they, I thought they were, which is, you know, that ownership's on me. I've told my team since 2019 when we did the festival. This is on me, guys. This isn't on anybody else. I trusted some wrong people. I was doing some marketing plans that were absolutely asinine. I was marketing younger country artist festival to older people on a radio station, on an older radio station. It, it, it made no sense. And there's a whole bunch of backstory behind that that's not meant for, you know, uh, podcasts or TV or mm -hmm. any of that. Those are things that I have looked at and, um, you know, and rewinding back to that going, yep, I, yep, I didn't do that right. Yep, I screwed that up. I wasn't prepared for that, you know. But then I fast forward and I go, okay, 2020 went to crap. And that gave me a time to make sure that I didn't repeat myself from 2019 going into it and going forward saying, okay. What's the marketing plan? Because I was still learning the music industry. I was going right? to say that. Like, yeah. how would yeah. I would think? I was learning you, as I how go. How would you start? Yeah. How did yeah. you even know how to start? Absolutely. Uh, it, it was it was a crazy time, and uh, you know, again, looking back at it, I probably should have waited another year to do you know a festival and given myself some more time. But that that's you know, as we talk about, Stacy, that's not me. Like it's throttles down let's go let's figure out how to make it happen and we're going to get some bumps but it must then, be in the water in jackson because that's yeah, how right. this one over here is right. uh, built Just, well it was all right we're gonna I do told, it i told a friend of mine i said this is gonna be like stevie wonder driving ray charles <laughs> okay we're gonna drive as fast as we can we're gonna hit a lot of crap but you know we're gonna get to our destination at some point in time we just Neither one of us are going to see it. It was, it was kind of like that philosophy. And again, you know, I learned a lot from that. I learned a lot from what the market is for Jackson. I learned the market. 
of what some of our clientele was. I wasn't looking at those factors, even to this point where, you know, starting out social media, it has changed so much and not knowing how to market during the right time and the right people. And where do you do Facebook ads at? And where do you do this at? And what time do you post? And, you know, who's your, all that stuff was like, I I don't have a flipping clue what was going on. (laughs) And 2020 allowed me to, you know, kind of take a little bit harder look at that. So it was a good pause for, you know, for me. So I was going to ask, uh, did that answer you? I mean, my, it was oh, like, it was yeah, like yeah. one big, like it was a conglomerate of, yes, yeah. yes. it was a plethora of mistakes. Well, and, and <laughs> you couldn't probably didn't even know enough. You didn't know what you didn't know. So how could you prep for it until you experienced it once right. that happens I'll, too. I'll give you one example. Like there's a certain expense for a certain style of stage. Right. And every as as you get bigger in stages and as you get bigger production, I essentially paid close to fourteen thousand dollars more for what I needed because of trusting the wrong people. Like so, you know, it was people, you know, unfortunately, in the music industry, there is taking a lot of advantage of people. There is a lot of there's a lot of stuff that goes on that people don't see. And it's it just it makes me you know, be a little bit more cautious now. Whereas before I was like, well, okay. Yeah, that's, that's right. That, okay. That must be what the cost is. And you know, the stage cost is okay. Right. You know, I, and well, I didn't that, have a clue. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm thinking about right now is like you get started yeah. and okay, we're going to promote, you start this company we're going to promote country concerts in Jackson. And so where do you start logistically? Okay. You need a stage yeah. or you need a venue uh what what kind of stage what kind of sound system right like my head my head might blow up but where did where was that avenue started because eventually you're gonna have to start calling artists right or the managers like right that's what i'm so interested in just the process you mentioned your team we're we're interested to know more about the team and reach out to artists and the whole process yeah, the first thing that you have to do is you have to have, I mean, you can have the best laid plan, but if you don't have the right people doing it, it's going to fail. So that was the first thing is is sitting down and analyzing like people that are close to me who have the same ideas and the same kind of vision and dreams for, you know, Jackson and and themselves too, because they're getting some satisfaction out of being part of something that's becoming successful, right? So putting the team together was the first thing. And then the second thing after that, after getting that team together, and again, I had a team for the Children's Challenge in 2014. I don't have the same team that I did in 14, 15, because people's directions change, right? Mm -hmm. Ships sail different directions. People have different things that pull them in in different directions. I get that. So put the team together. And then it was, you know, my business plan and model for the golfing that came into play and the business model and game plan for sponsorships. I'm talking for the children's challenge. Okay. Here's what the value is X, Y, and Z. And then, okay, boom, this is, you know, and then at the same time trying to analyze what sponsorships and what businesses would want to be a part of that is also at the same time, figuring out what the costs are. Stage is X venue is X. Uh, security is X, you know, all these things that have to be in place. Like I said, I mean, it's even bales of hay, like to make it look country. Who's logistically <laughs> right. going to go get that? Like Portageons, 
people just, you know, you just, that's, hey, there's the bathrooms. They don't think how much they cost. When you're talking, you know, 2,000 people, you have to have 50 plus, you know, bathrooms. That's a huge expense. And people, you know, don't know that. And then logistically, like I said, you know, parking, hotels, and then you start talking about riders that the artists have and, you know, they're bringing in a bus with a 16 foot trailer and you got to have the right square footage for them to fit. And logistically, okay, if you put the stage this way, then I'm sitting there literally like this is how OCD I am with stuff. I'll literally sit there and put the stage and I'm like, okay, where's the sunset? Because I don't want the sun to be directly in their eyes. Right. So I didn't know that in 2019. I didn't know that in 2012. Like I learned that like in the last probably 18 months going, damn, I can't do that to the artist because they're going to be mad as hell at me for right. like, having that sun coming straight at them. And then you also don't want to put them with their, them to the back because then the, the fans are staring into the sun. So now you got to redirect where the stage is. They got to angle it either north or south or a little bit northeast and stuff like that. Pe people don't realize that I didn't have a clue in 2019 doing. And then you also have to somehow control the weather. How do you do that? <laughs> um, a lot of Hail Marys. <laughs> Funny enough, AccuWeather, knock on wood, and you know, knock on wood, AccuWeather app. I seriously, I'll look at a date and I'll look at AccuWeather and I'll be like, yep, nope. It says it's going to be crappy weather and like, you know, 42 degrees. Not going to do that weekend. I will look at football schedules because we all know mm -hmm. Michigan fans and Michigan State fans in the state are diehards, right? Whether you're green and white or whether you're maize and blue. And to have a foot or a concert on the day of a home football game dumb move right you can't do that so there's those are things that people don't realize that you know kind of go into the to the thought process of of building you know something you know you can't build you can't put a roof on a house if you don't have a good foundation right yep. and that foundation starts with a great team and then great sponsors and a good location you can get away with a decent location it doesn't necessarily i mean it could be a i mean look at luke bryan you know satisfied that with the farm tour he just picked some farms and went we're gonna put a concert on. <laughs> yeah you know okay next thing you know they're rolling twenty thousand people a show right so it you 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 just have to kind of plot along and then and then things start to gel things start to kind of uh, the gears start to line up and then all of a sudden you just start getting momentum and like i said you you gain a little traction you have a really good show and and I will tell people this, Granger Smith, a.k.a. Earl Dibbles, last June was our kickoff to, I would say, our recovery from 2019. Mitchell Tenpenny was great, but that was limited distance. That was a drive-in. That didn't give you the feel, right? Right. June of 2021 was that day. A thousand people sold the show out in two weeks just crazy you guys were at it i mean it, the yeah. feel and the vibe was just and it put us in another step it, it gave us that one little boost it, it lit the fire whatever you want whatever cliche you want to use that that has catapulted us into a little bit uh different you know direction that we were looking for you know so is there a certain level of artist i don't know if it's the right way to say it but you said you, you got this specific sort of lane national artist but mm -hmm. you know sort of obviously not the a-listers but is there a certain 
or I should say, what do you look for when you're saying, I'd love to have this artist here. Obviously, we're going to, we never yeah. seen Jamie Johnson. Jamie and, yeah. And um, <laughs> we're pretty it's, fired it's up hard about to this. Say it's not that they're not a artist because yeah. they are A-list artists, but Correct. it's just a different type, I think. Because you probably have to, uh, your resources, and your energy go, you're, okay, I'm not going to get, you just mentioned Luke Bryan, right? Yeah. He's not going to come and play in front of X amount of people. <laughs> well, it's going to cost won't be, all my money. I will tell you this, he won't be allowed to play. Because the bigger, you know, the juggernauts, Detroit and Grand Rapids, and the, as we know who they are, and I'm not going to mention the names, but the big promotion companies that are in the industry, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> they're, 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 they would never allow an artist to come play in a secondary city when they could grab them in a primary city. Gotcha. You get what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. there's there's a little bit of that, uh, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, big right. brother, little brother kind of thing. They have every right to be there. They've worked their, you know, tails off to get to that point. And like I said, we're not trying to be them. Uh, we can go after some really good artists, really good artists who are 150 to 200K if we wanted. We could, we could do that. I have a great facility, um, you know, outdoors in the summer to be able to do that budget wise, I'm not ready for that. And, mm -hmm. and, and in 2019, I got way, I went to the deep end without going into the shallow end first. And that, like I said, was a learning process. So I'm trying to build, I'm trying to build the logistics and I'm trying to build the footprint so that we can be used to that footprint and those logistics. And then all you do is just expand it a little bit yes. and expand it a Keep little scaling. bit and expand it. A, mm -hmm. So having Granger in the limited capacity in June of 2021 of only a thousand people outdoors for our state was a blessing in a disguise. You know, it was, okay, this is what a thousand people looks like. And we handled it. We had some hiccups, right? We worked those bugs out. We bring in Tyler Braden, you know, in September. We have, you know, over a thousand people, you know, for that show, like it was, it was the build to say, okay, this is what we need to just kind of get geared up. Because when you start talking national, national artists, not just national artists, we start talking national artists, like I'll just use a, you know, I'll use a, a Brantley Gilbert or a Kojo, right. For an example, huge artists selling the crap out of tickets, more expensive. But when you start talking about that show, you start talking about that production, those are things that I don't want to get in over my head. And then they go and say, that country boots and bands group doesn't know what the hell they're right. doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to have that. I want to build the, I just want to build it right. I want to build mm -hmm. that foundation. And then I want to build the first floor. And then I want to build the second floor. And then when we get all those bugs and things worked out, then at that point in time, then I can say, okay, we're ready. We're ready for this. We've got these logistical things, you know, figured out. Smart. Yeah, it is smart. And tell us a little bit about the process of reaching out to an artist too and kind well, of see yeah. if they're interested. Do you, I, I wish. How do I you could, get their, I mean, do you get their manager? How does that work? That's yeah. got to be. Well, what, how it works is this. I have a, a booking agency that I've, um, retain uh, Meridian Entertainment. They do all my booking. Unbelievable team of people. They've got years of experience, years of wealth. They literally will not let me do anything goofy. 
Like and when I say like, I want, I want Morgan Wallen. And they're like, you're dumb. What, you, what how, you, how are you going to do this? You can't, you can't even figure out some of your parking logistics. You got to work out that first. How are you going to handle 20,000 people? You know, like that kind of stuff. And, and they're, they're great because they handle all the contract stuff. Right. I still got to go through Randy Hauser's 20 pages of a rider. Right. I got to go through what they want for their food and stuff because that's not their thing. But I contact them. We have Janelle and I probably talk three or four times a day. Janelle's my go-to. She has a lot of wealth, like of, of knowledge, and she has a lot of contacts. So what happens is we come up with some ideas. We start looking at them. The first thing we do is we look at dates. We look at dates that they may be in the Midwest, because if they're in Colorado, there's no way in hell they're going to come to Jackson, right? right. They're just not going to make it. And then the cost would be too great because then you'd have to fly them, and then you have to do backline and you have to rent a whole bunch of equipment for them. And then they might, you know, just, you get it. So we'll look at an artist, we'll look at dates and we'll look at like what, what goes on. And then we got to figure out what artists they are, whether they're with WME, whether they're with CAA, whether they're with UTA, Austin Neal just broke off from WME. He took Morgan Wallen, Hardy, Chase Rice, Ernest, Ashlyn Kraft, like he took a whole bunch of people. Now he's in his own agency, right? So if you want to contact any of those artists and you want to book them, you now have to go to a new agency. Mm-hmm. So that's their job. They, they contact the agencies and then they start looking at it and say, okay, what's your fees, right? You're asking, you know, 20,000 for an inside show of, you know, capacity of 1500 or less outside, you know, you get more because you can obviously put more people out there and they know that you can make more money. So that that's the process. And then they, they fig we figure out a price and then you literally like have to go back. And what people might not know is you have to set your prices, right? Your ticket fees can't be so outrageous that an artist goes, you're paying me 20 K, but you're walking out of there with a hundred mm-hmm. ain't gonna happen. Right. The ticket prices have to be a legit thing as well as the ticket prices have to fit our community. I can't go and charge what Detroit does mm-hmm. or not Detroit. I can't charge what Chicago charges because we're Jackson. We are a smaller, you know, secondary commit or um, community. So, so I try to make sure that those things are all in place. And like I said, we've, we figured out a, a niche of really good artists and then the, uh, um, Janelle and Meridian, they, they do all the work on that end, but. I, I just, I just enjoy watching them being able to say, yep, we can get so-and-so you might've wanted them in August, but eh, you know what? They might write route better in September when they're in Chicago versus routing better in Pennsylvania. Cause they might want to not make that drive, you know, kind of, yeah, it's got to make sense for them logistically. And obviously I think the, what they're trying to charge and what fits in your budget has to make sense. Right. So geographically they have to be somewhere. Right. In the yeah, vicinity. I mean, yep. If you think Makes about sense. it, they've got a they've got a bus, they've got a crew, they've got a production staff, they've got gas, they've got all those fees that they've got to absorb, right? So if you're gonna sit there and say, I want to grab, you know, Morgan Wallen for a one-off and I just want him over here isolated on my own date, he's gonna be, you know, 20, 30% more than if he was in Chicago, you know, the night before, or you know, whatever it may be. So how far yeah, out so, are you looking at it? At looking at dates. How far? 
Um, we have offers in all the way into the new year of next year. I just was so curious, you know, yeah. like how far out they have their schedules set up typically and like how, yeah, <laughs> I mean, some of them have them more scheduled out than others. Right. Mm -hmm, um, true. you know, there's some artists that are those medium to smaller national acts that don't know where they're playing. Some of those medium to national acts, like, you know, my good friend now, Tyler Braden, he just got picked up on Brooks and Dunn. Um, oh, so he's yeah. running, he's running a three show with them in June. He's going to be in Nashville on June 18th with Brooks and Dunn at, you know, Bridgestone Arena. So those artists like that, they're always going to try to figure out how to get on a bigger platform, right? That's just the natural progression. But they also, it, it's a catch 22. They've got to, they've got to play to make money. But then if they book a show in September and let's say their, their single hits, you know, and play gets played on the radio and on, you know, streaming devices and all of a sudden goes number one on, you know, whatever platform it is, then all of a sudden, you know, well, Hey, you know, you got them for 7,500 bucks, but now they're really worth 50 K because they've hit, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff is it's a gamble. So most of them don't plot out that long unless you're a luke bryan you know a luke combs uh you know a, a george Strait, like because i mean let's be honest they get to pick where they want to play when yeah. they want to play there right they're, so. they're pretty sure that their stadium tour is going to be the best option <laughs> <laughs> yeah right and, and and it's easy to do that because those major markets are paying major money right to have them i mean those artists are killing it I mean, just the, the flat fee alone. And then you talk about merch and then you, t I mean, meet and greets, like it's just mind boggling, but that it's easier to plan those out when, when you're an artist, I'll take Lainey Wilson, for example, great lady, unbelievable talent, rising, 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 but not expensive. I would call right. Not a, mm -hmm. not a costly artist because they're just not she goes and wins the acm on monday now she's going to be you know being pulled in all kinds of directions i think she's out on tour with cole swindell i think you know for a period there she's probably going to get picked up on another tour somewhere you know in the fall it's the gamble right yeah um real quick story kane brown the michigan theater jackson had an opportunity to grab kane brown for a number I will not disclose, but an unbelievably crazy low number. Could have had a chance to have Kane Brown, right? <laughs> and you think at you, you look back now and you go, what the hell were they thinking? But it's like me saying, hey, you know, take a chance on Scott Vitale. He's going to be the promoter of 2024. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't know, right? You're you're gambling on it, and he hadn't at that time probably proven sales. So they didn't want to spend X amount of dollars to bring in somebody that they may or may not have made money off of, right. you know, and, and done well to be able to survive. And it's just like, that's the kind of thing that you just don't know. Like you could, you could throw five grand on somebody and they could have one song that hits, you know, next week and you just won, you know, cause now you're going to have limited amount into it, production costs, all that kind of stuff. But then you're going to have an artist that's radio player, you know, Walker Hayes. We had Walker Hayes in 2019 at the festival. I, right? What? Yeah, we had Walker Hayes and Gabby Barrett. I, 
I forget this. Yeah. And like Lindsay L. Was it Lindsay L? Look at these two. No, we didn't have her. I would have liked her. She's a hell of a guitarist. But yeah, Gabby Barrett and Walker Hayes in 2019 were our two, you know, headliners. Walker was our headliner and Gabby opened for him. I did realize. And then we had Wild Feathers there too, you know. And Gabby Barrett is, I mean, she's hosting the ACMs. Yeah. And, you know, CMA award winner and all this. Walker Hayes is caffeine. Like he's just, you know. And you can't get Walker now for what we got him back then. It's yeah. just like it's it gonna make you smile, smile, right? Like, listen, I, I'm bringing this. Like, to I got you. him right. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> listen, I told you that they're right. gonna be stars, yeah, and you're gonna see right. them on TV, and you're gonna catch you know, them right at the time they're they're almost ready to go. I was having a discussion with the production team with Granger Smith, and they're like, "Holy, you had Gabby Barrett in 2009." They're like right before she hit and i'm like i know like if i was just six months late like you know i guess i was just an overachiever but you know like a good example is you know like i said you know my buddy you guys interviewed chase butler you know the tour manager for tyler braden tyler um i i fell in love with his music in 2018 and was like man i gotta get a hold of him somehow i got just gotta bring him to jackson somehow Lo and behold, Jason Cross, who's from Jackson, is, you know, cutting his hair. Just happens to be a Jackson connection, right? And that's how it all transpired. We have him in September. And then all of a sudden, he gets picked up on Brantley Gilbert's tour last fall. And then he goes and plays his, you know, first time at the Opry in January. And then he gets picked up by Brooks and Dunn, you know, for their tour. He did a couple of openings for Co Wetzel. And then now he is going to be starting filming for, um, I forget the name of like America's songwriter show. Oh yeah. It's going to be on NBC. So he's representing the entire state of Tennessee. He was picked to represent the entire state of Tennessee. And his music is now being on put on full rotation on XM, you know, the highway, all these things that are like transpiring, as you said, like, I didn't know Walker Hayes's, you know, value. I didn't know Gabby Barrett's value. Like I said, I was just a kid that was in the deep end trying to stay above the water. Yeah. And now I see like these opportunities that I have like artists who are coming to Jackson, whether it's Tyler or Will Dempsey or Jake Blue or these guys that I've had and I'm watching their growth and it's really cool to like say, we had him. I don't like, I tell my team, I don't want to be the miss on the Kane Brown. Right. And if we can take our opportunity and not have a huge financial risk on somebody, you know, at the beginning, give them that opportunity. It's, and it's, like I said, it's been really fun to watch his growth. And I am like excited to see like where he's going to end up. Cause I I really think he's on a path that people are going to be like a household name for him. So it's amazing. Cause there's really no magic formula, right? It's maybe nope. a, a gut feel by you or maybe your conversations you have with yeah. a booking agent or yep. your relationships with the other artists you have there, but you have to, you know, that does have to make you feel good that uh, Walker Hayes, Gabby Barry sort of hit, it does give you street cred. It gives your company. It, did, cred. it does. It, it gives no us doubt, validity. Right? I mean, we right. kid about it, but yep. there's no doubt that. No, there is. Uh, people yeah. go, wow. They, 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 they've caught these artists. Yeah. There's, at a, there's at a great a, time. There's a huge validity factor to that. You know, I mean, when you pull a name like John Michael Montgomery that we just sold out the Michigan theater, I mean, it's John Michael Montgomery, right? 
seven number one hits, you know, yep. just John Michael Montgomery, like, holy crap. Um, those are those shows that give you the validity, but not right. Like mm -hmm. when you're pulling some of the artists who are getting there, but not there yet. And you're helping give that shove that does in retrospect, allow the people who have come to our shows go, Holy crap. Like I have so many people that have come to me and said, I cannot believe that Tyler Braden guy. Like, he's just amazing. Like, cause you know, they would never have saw him. Right. Mm -hmm. They never right. would have had an, they were never been exposed to an, to an artist. Will Dempsey, who we had open up for low cash. Nobody would have known him. He's from Louisiana. That dude probably spent $2,000 of his own money just to come up to Jackson to play. Right. But he got the exposure and people were like, holy crap, like that guy can sing. Like it gives us that validity. It gives us, like you said, the street cred to say, man, they're not only bringing the John Michael Montgomery's and the Jamie Johnson, and the Randy Hauser's they're bringing people who are getting there and we might be able to say, we saw them. I've seen you in action at the uh, Granger Smith show in June last year. Mm -hmm. and, well, I'm a little, I'm a little bit more level-headed now. I was a little, that was a little bit of a crazy day. Uh, I, I can totally understand. That's why I say you, you, you have to, I loved it, your though. mind's going to be wired, right? Oh yes. Yes. But I loved watching you from afar. It was, it just made me so happy. I, I said to Andy, oh, thank I'm you. Like, I know you don't know him as well as I do. And I know, you know, right. we, we don't live in the same state anymore. And I don't get to see or talk to you much, but um, I was, it just made me so happy to see you. Just, yeah. it was your jam. It, you were just yeah. in it. it was I just really stressed cool. out because I can imagine the stuff that has to come up logistically, uh, which, you know, again, yeah, um, there's a ton of challenges people don't see. They and do you not have to see make it. decisions right on the spot. Like you, you got to be quick on your yeah. feet and, you know, just like the storm coming, right? The, the unpredictable stuff that happens right. that from a liability standpoint. Correct. Uh, on Causes a delay in the sound check and then everything gets pushed back and then your dinner and your lunch get pushed and then you can't <laughs> feed them. And then that gets moved. And then you're literally juggling like 700 balls in the air and you're hoping that you only drop like two or three and mm -hmm. not all 700. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, it, and it's funny that that challenge and that kind of stuff is uniquely interesting for me because that is also like, that's my rush. Like people are always like, why do you, like I had a guy who's like, why the hell do you do this crap? Like, why do you do this to yourself? Why do you put yourself through the stress <laughs> of planning and organizing and writers and all that kind of stuff. Right. And then, yeah, right. Stacy. Right. But I literally get to the point where that artist hits that stage and I look out and I'm not kidding you. Every show I do this, I literally pull myself away from everybody else. I turn my headset off my radio, turn off my earpiece. And I literally go somewhere like almost like in a dark cavern or whatever I can get that nobody's going to see me. Right. And I will literally sit there and watch the crowd. I will watch the energy. I will watch the kids with on their dad's shoulders. I will watch the boyfriends, girlfriends that are, you know, hugging and kissing and singing and doing every lyric. And that I like, I get goosebumps right now talking about it because that is that is my rush. That is my fix. That is my like, 
if I was a drug addict, like that would be my high. And, and it's so bizarre that some of the most unique and tough challenges that I've faced have ultimately led to a bigger high and a bigger rush and a bigger feel, right? It's that, um, yeah, it's, it, it's crazy. Like what the mind and the, whatever it is, endorphins, the stuff that just start just sparking in my brain when I see that note and, you know, and it's just that feel, I mean, you know, Stace, I mean, you guys go to these concerts and they come out and you just get that rush. Now take that, multiply it by about 500,000 million gazillion pieces, because I look at my team and go, man, we did that shit. Like mm-hmm. we yeah. did that. We overcame these little obstacles and challenges that we had and bam, look at this. Like, look at what we're doing for our community. And that yeah, it's, and it's Jackson bitches. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like gang sign. Like, like, what side? <laughs> I don't think we could end this any better. Thank you, Scott, so much for joining us. I cannot wait to see you in just a, a couple of weeks. And yeah, we're going to have a good time. Sold yeah. out show, man. That's yeah, going to be awesome. great. We're going to have a couple of cocktails, not virtually. We're going to have a couple of cocktails side by side. Bring your stick, Sandy, because if there's good weather. Well, and here's the chances of Michigan having really good weather in March. Hey, we just had 62 degree weather. I'll play 42. I'm in. Bring some mittens. I'll get you some hot. I'll get you some hot thingies for your gloves. We'll get a little. There's cart a threshold, cover. my friend. There's a threshold we'll, on golf. We'll, we'll get a cart cover. Maybe we'll just end up drinking all day. Who knows? But. We'll go, hey, we can go do simulated golf at the Chase right across from the theater. That's there true, but I'd rather be on the real golf course. Hey, and here's and here's It's like cool watching thing. country music is a concert on Zoom over right. COVID, right? Right, I'm, right. yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, funny story, you guys did the interview with Chase, you know, recently. Um, I've actually got Chase coming up to uh, work uh, for country boots and bands like he's when he's not working with Tyler. He's coming on board with us because of his expertise, being a tour manager, knowing exactly. So you guys are going to get to meet him in person um, at the show. He's coming in on Thursday, going to be with us all weekend to help us, you know, uh, do the right thing and and make sure that the the, um, musicians and artists and the crew have a good time. And then they go and, you know, hopefully say good things about us. So help us build. So. Well, thank you again so much, Scott, for joining us. We can't wait to see you and appreciate you sharing everything with us. And um, take care and good luck. Thanks for listening to the B-Side Podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated. 